Welcome to the e-commerce lab by EcomC. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Ecomsi, the place of agent related to Amazon FBA, Parallel, and e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, your host, founder and CEO of Ecomsi. And today we bring you once more Justin Chen, a close friend of uh, the Ecomsi family here. He's the co-founder of Bigfoot, which is an amazing uh, service overall when it comes to helping you understand what are the best things uh, around your brand, like what testing, split testing, the demography, the images, packaging, and so much more. And actually, they have a lot of things new in, into basically the tools that they offer, specifically around the AI, uh, and that everybody's talking about AI now. And I can't wait to see how Pigfoot is implementing this into the mix because they already do an amazing job. So let's see how AI now can enhance that even further. And, uh, you know, uh, Justin, it's a pleasure to have you here on the show. So thank you for coming. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Vicente. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So this one is the second time that we have you here on the show. And and, and as I said just now, I think it, it, I'm looking forward to see how, how Pigfoot, you know, now is bringing AI into the mix. Because I feel like, and I, I bet every single time now that you open LinkedIn or any single social media platform, everybody, the only thing people talks about is AI. Seems like For everybody sure. now is an expert around AI. So I, I think people is going to find very interesting now how we can use the, the consumer insights that Pigfoot give us to leverage the data even further. Mm -hmm. um, however, you know, before we jump into that, because I know we, we get uh, new listeners and people into the community on a weekly basis, maybe maybe you can just give us a quick insight about what is Pigfoot. And then, of course, we can jump uh, on, on the AI self things about how Pigfoot is integrating that as well. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So Pigfoot is a easy to use consumer research tool that helps you crowdsource feedback on any aspect of your product. So it could be as early as idea validation or maybe product concepts um, that you're, you're thinking about selling to branding and packaging and logos all the way to your marketing assets. So maybe your main image or your marketing copy, kind of anything that you want to get feedback on before you launch it or before you invest a lot of time or money. So we have a panel of people that we tap into. We pay them to respond to these micro surveys. Um, so the very simple questions like which product would you buy? Which one would you click on? You could just ask mm -hmm. a question like that, upload, upload a few assets, and uh, we'll immediately go find these people to vote on which one they like and give a written explanation why. And that's actually where you find a lot of the values, that qualitative feedback. Um, and it's all very fast. A lot of times polls are done in 15 minutes, 30 minutes. So really yeah. actionable yeah. and quick feedback. Um, you could target people in the U.S., uh, we have people in Australia, Canada, mm, the UK, okay. Germany, um, and we're launching Mexico and Japan soon. So super oh, exciting. Interesting. <laughs> wow. Looking forward to that. Um, and by the way, I, I know people might be curious about this. Maybe you can give us some insights about 
what is really um, the thing that you just mentioned, which is consumer insights about how we can utilize this, because I bet there are so many different areas that we can tap into. And I mean, maybe you can give us some quick examples about sure. uh, some applications. So maybe uh, it's around the main images, maybe it's around packaging. So what are some of the main things you will say pick for uh, its use when it comes to specifically for Amazon and e-commerce sellers uh, to leverage this? Yeah. Yeah. So the most popular use case and the thing that most people know us for is testing main images, um, because I okay. think most people come to us when they're trying to improve their performance on Amazon. And the most obvious thing would be to improve your main image so you get a better click-through rate. So mm -hmm. what people will do is they'll come and they'll, they'll write a question like, if you were buying a teapot on Amazon, which one would you buy? You put up your main mm -hmm. image. You could put up your competitor's main images or a few of your competitor's main images and then see nice. uh, which one they click on. And then you'll understand why, because everyone's going to give an explanation why. And maybe they'll say, mm. oh, the layout of this one is better. And that might be your competitors. Maybe you want to try a different layout. Um, mm -hmm. You can then take that feedback and then work with your designer to create a few new variations of your own main image. So, hey, why don't we try laying out all the you know, product inclusions? Why don't we change the angle? You know, why don't we zoom in? Yeah. And then you could run that poll again of just your own variations. Try to find like the best version of your own. Then... At the end of that process, retest it against your competitors to make sure that you're actually going to improve against them. Because at the end of the day, it is a competitive marketplace and you do need mm -hmm. to validate um, those changes against competitors. So that's probably the most common way we see people using it is on that main image. Um, unfortunately, what happens is people will test their main image and a lot of the responses will actually say, oh, I don't like the branding. I don't like your packaging. Yeah. I think your design <laughs> is bad. And, and so then that point, yeah, so that's, that's the, that, that points to, oh, you really should have gathered this feedback earlier in the process, right? And so that's yeah. where we see a lot of our savvier customers doing this kind of testing early in the process, even before mm -hmm. they've committed to even selling the product, right? We all have a maybe doing like idea. a 3D rendering, I guess, doing exactly. like a 3D rendering of yes, the, how a lot the product of, would look like, right? Yeah, 3D rendering, you could, if you're just sourcing product, you could get images from different manufacturers. Mm -hmm. Um, we've even seen people do napkin sketches, like whatever it is, right? You're just trying to get <laughs> early feedback. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because we all have so many ideas of like things that we want to sell and they're not all worth going after if you're not even going to do well in the marketplace. So um, a lot of idea validation, of course, branding, logos, names, like that kind of stuff, I think is really important because in Amazon, while people don't search for the brand, they do use branding as like a I got tiebreaker sometimes. And so you want to make sure your brand doesn't just sound like a cheap knockoff, right? Like you want it to sound like something. Yeah, I know. And the more you can do brand story around it, like you're going to get more repeat business and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, we're starting to see a lot more people testing up and down the entire uh, product lifecycle. Packaging is super important, underrated, especially if you're going to go into retail yeah. eventually. Um, but mm -hmm. even on the main image, if you have good packaging, that's free advertising space, right? And so... Yeah. You know, naturally, first include the packaging in your main image. Even better is design your main packaging with like your packaging with, you know, interesting information and make it very clear yeah. and easy to read from the main image. So a lot of different ways people use it. Of course, you could be uh, it could be text as well. So it could be bullet points, um, mm -hmm. you know, features, that kind of stuff. So it doesn't always have to be images, but uh, it is kind of our most popular. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, possibilities are endless. And I think that. <laughs> The, the, the more clever way of using Pickful, and I know this from people that share case studies and everything, is probably research because 
yeah. imagine how much money and time you save by relaxing product is not really what people yeah. in that specific niche want, right? And you buying thousands of units and just because you think you like it, people is gonna like the acromag is gonna like, and then you realize as you say, you put all this time and effort, and then when you do the poll, like everybody hates the product and it's too late, right? So yes. nothing you can do now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and one now, of the other like in in the the product selections phase, like maybe you've already decided you're gonna sell something and you know it's like mm -hmm. diaries or something, and then color variations. Another important way, right? Variations of color or maybe of the print patterns. A lot of a lot of products are kind of like have these different variations. And I think most people just assume like, oh, well, I want to sell five colors. I'm going to mm -hmm. stock all five colors, which is, which is crazy, right? And you're going to have all this unsold inventory. You're going to have to fire sale some of it. And that's why you see some some colors are half the price, right? Because people are, I know. are <laughs> have all this unsold. <laughs> so you want to avoid that, right? So you can test that ahead of time and say like, all right, no one wants this green umbrella or whatever it is, right? So you're going to save your time a lot of money, save yourself a lot of money. Yeah. And I think something that is very important to mention as well is, uh, of course, at the beginning, you were mentioning that you, can, you have community from the US, Australia, and so on. But you can go very granular on these uh, basically right. uh, regions because you can choose like um, the type of uh, interest they have, like if they're That's a right. parent or they're a pet owner and things like that. And I think that can be even a, I mean, that that is super important because again, you're going to get completely different results if you target mm -hmm. a random market, right? The only pet owners, if you're going to sell a very specific uh, product, which is realistically your opinion that you want to understand if that specific pet accessory is going to be likable or not on that specific niche, right? So yeah, you have a lot sure. of control yeah. on that. A, right? lot, a lot of interesting behavioral targeting, uh, pets, mm -hmm. nutritional supplements, cosmetics, uh, tea, coffee, alcohol, kind of a lot of the popular things that uh, buyer personas that people are uh, targeting on the marketplaces. And if there's something on there that's, or if there's something that's not on there, definitely let us know and we can look into building it. Um, but I do have, awesome. I have a free examples I could show later that, that, that dial into some of this targeting and how you could use it in your product process. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, something that I also like about Pickford, I want to bring uh, to our listeners uh, and the ones that are watching is that I also like the fact that you guys basically, it's like a must that all the, the reviewers have to really leave a, a long comment because yes. I have the experience in the past with our services that they say yes or no, but that doesn't really mean anything, right? You really want to understand why they're against your idea or not. Exactly. And I guess uh, that is going to tie up a little bit uh, down the line on this episode on how I guess you can use even AI to leverage the opinions of people to really summarize an opinion around what people really think uh, that is common sense around your offering, right? Yes, that you want to bring right. to the market. Yep. Yeah. So now uh, when it comes to, um, to all this data, I think... Now, in fact, we can use this uh, this opportunity to open the conversation so we can start bringing AI into the equation here. Is uh, of course, when when even myself and people I know we we use a peak for one of the difficult things in the past that you have this amazing amount of data, but sometimes it's difficult to really put all this together and generate a summary. Of what is the action I need mm -hmm. to take, and, and how do I go from here? And I guess that's one of the newest features uh, you guys are bringing to the system, I guess, to really uh, allow your clients to leverage that data even further, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think real consumer sentiment plays an important role in, uh, mm -hmm. in AI 
workflows, right? So like we're all using AI to generate a lot, a lot of content now. So first of all, I think it's important to remember that uh, humans are buying your product. Humans are the consumers of whatever you're trying to do. So it is important to make sure that you gather human sentiment on <laughs> whatever it is. Like AI makes it easy to generate a lot of stuff, but you should still get feedback from, from uh, humans. But what AI is also really great at is synthesizing a lot of data and kind of summarizing it and bucketing it. And that's what we're using it for. So like you said, we focus on high quality, rich in responses. So mm -hmm. everyone has to explain uh, why they mm -hmm. chose something. And we really focus a lot of effort internally on making sure that people do uh, keep that quality bar high. And that allows us to have a lot of content to work with. So um, I have a few examples here. Um, yeah. So. One, one example is, uh, and, and something that I think more people should do with PickFu is actually is asking open-ended questions about from their persona. Okay. So uh, okay. in this example, I targeted US tea drinkers, right? So maybe I'm okay. you know, selling a teapot. The question I ask is, as a tea drinker, what are some of the issues you have with existing equipment? What could improve your tea mm -hmm. drinking experience? And so nice. a lot of interesting responses here. I only did 15, but I could do 50, 100, 200, <laughs> yeah. 500. You know, and you can imagine if I did 200 responses, I wouldn't want to read through wow. all of these things. Yeah, um, yeah. So some of these are really long, like, um, let's see, inconsistent water temperature, achieving the water temperature is crucial for different types of teas. Uh, mm -hmm. I would like a better cup. I need a finer mesh filter. So a lot of detailed things. So the first thing we do actually is now every poll includes an automated executive summary that we use nice. AI for. Uh, so... You can take a look at that first uh, before reading into all this detailed responses. Um, but if we click on the AI highlights tab, we also have a couple of other things. Uh, so one is an AI sentiment, which breaks out likes and dislikes. And since this is only a single open-ended question, we only mm -hmm. have likes and dislikes. But if we have multiple options, we'll do it for each option. Um, okay. And then the more fun thing is this, uh, this uh, open prompt, which is kind of like ChatGPT, but talking to your poll results. So basically we feed all the results oh. into the AI and now you can ask it questions. So, so here are some examples I did. Uh, I had a prompt of pretend you're a savvy product designer and successful Amazon seller. Okay. What kind of teapot should I design <laughs> to address all these concerns? And so it okay. says things like, oh, make sure you have a fine mesh filter, temperature control, easy cleaning, a date indicator, fast boiling. So. A lot of interesting things basically synthesized from the results of the people. Um, and so this is a great combining of AI and human, right? Because it's based on relevant real-time human feedback, right? Like these are people that we just mm -hmm. asked and then we're asking AI to use that data instead of, you know, kind of using its broad base, you know, know. base of knowledge, which know. is always dangerous, right? Because you don't know where it's getting that data. It might be hallucinating. Uh, it might just be yeah. making stuff up. <laughs> so when we when we box the context, so like, all right, well, these are the people I care about, right? These are U.S. tea drinkers, nice. or you know, great, you know, U.K. tea drinkers, or whatever it is. It's going to be a lot more uh, useful AI results. Very good. Um, and, and let me ask you about this AI. I guess one of the nice things as well. Uh, maybe you can help us uh, confirm this. Will this only use the insights that are, we're getting from um, the community that in this case we, we, we are purchasing these uh, 50, 200 people? 
or, or is AI also using some leverage from external data to help us make this decision based on trends? Like, is that something AI considers or it's a closed loop at the moment when it comes to what we get? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you ask a question that kind of uh, allows it to <laughs> tap mm -hmm. into things, Open like up. it will use like it's, you know, broader knowledge. Nice. But if you, uh, if you kind of, specifically ask it to like here's here's an example i said group the results and summarize them and a few bullet points mm -hmm. and it's, it knows that i'm referring to these results as opposed to like drawing from the knowledge uh in some cases if you say like um maybe you ask it to like well come up with you know even when it's asking uh when it even when it's coming up with new ideas like it's probably going to draw That's from right. uh you know it's yeah. it's broader base of knowledge but if you scope yeah. it to say like, hey, give me a frequency count of these things, like it's only going to mm -hmm. use the results. Awesome. Yeah, I think that that's important because sometimes, you know, AI can help you think outside the box and sometimes yes. are things that yep. normal people we don't think and AI somehow <laughs> measures to manage to find this data for us. And if, if we combine that new idea with what people is telling us, we can come up with a better product overall, right? Uh, yeah. which in fact will you then say with this new tool and, and I'm asking this because if people want to start using PIC maybe they, they have this concern that uh, the more people we actually bring into a port then I guess uh, the more accurate will be the insights in, in some sense because we have more data I guess right yeah I mean I think it'll be more comprehensive the more data you have uh, okay. so in this case okay. like you know there's only 15 responses so not as many ideas um, yeah. or not as much concentration in certain ones, right? So maybe there's one who mentioned something really interesting, but since it was the only person, it, it doesn't get as much emphasis in the in analysis. So I think it still helps to have 50 or 100 responses, um, but these were just kind of example ones that I did 15. Very good. Okay. Um, and, and besides this case study, I guess you have other case studies as well. Yeah, let me just see what other... Let me see what other ones are interesting. Uh, so I, I kind of went down this progression. I, I was working on a presentation uh, a couple months ago. Sure. And um, I really like this idea of like starting from the beginning, like we talked about brand before. And one of the questions mm -hmm. I then asked was like, what values and emotions should a kitchen and home goods brand evoke? Because maybe mm -hmm. I want to go into teapots. I want to I create like an overarching yeah. brand. Um, right. And this is something that a, a market research uh, company would, you know, or a large CPG company would do, right? Because they would, they would go to a focus group. They would talk to people. They would say like, what, what are you looking for in a home goods product? Um, and nice. so a lot of the responses are saying things like motherliness, homeliness, comfort, um, quality, family value. So, you know, not super surprising, but it's interesting to hear it from, uh, from people themselves. Right, people. Um, yeah, of course. So then I asked the AI to, you know, based on frequency, list out the top values and emotions, warmth, family, quality, comfort. So those are the emotions I'm looking to evoke from a brand. Um, mm. And then I, I went and I picked a random uh, tea brand that was selling on Amazon, uh, Highwear, which, you, you know, some people may have seen this. Uh, and I tested their logos against some AI generated logos that I just use a, you know, a website mm. <laughs> to generate some AI logos and the original one is actually option a and it it lost pretty badly against these three other wow. logos that i generated um yeah and uh then if you ask the ai what emotions were people looking for in the winning logo this is all based off the results it said people were looking for a logo that conveyed things like 
warmth and friendliness and, you know, kind of the stuff that we saw reinforced in the, the previous focus group question. So uh, it's very interesting to, to kind of take this process to use data to, uh, to build your brand, to, to choose your logo, design your logo. Um, and then you're just going to be a lot more confident when you go and actually launch your product. And I suspect if I had a teapot that had this, you know, winning logo brand, I wouldn't have so much negative feedback about my branding mm -hmm. or my, my logo. Whereas if I have the original one, which you'll probably agree, doesn't look very great or doesn't really <laughs> convey like any of those feelings, those emotional feelings, like people are probably going to negatively comment about the logo. And they're going to say like, Oh, wow. well, this, you know, this brand doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Such a clever case study, to be honest, because I bet so many people, if they implement this exercise on their logo today, they will be, maybe they're going to encounter the same scenario. Because, I mean, let's be honest, most of us, when we started on Amazon, we just, most of us did a random logo, you know, we didn't think about yes. all these things that we learned down the road as, as a marketer. And I think, but it's very clever, to be honest, what you're doing, because you're basically taking, for those listening, uh, you're taking your own logo. Then you generate some random logos with AI, and then you ask your community around T lovers which uh, which logo is the best, and then you could do a whole rebranding to maybe improve conversions and things like that. Which is yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Very good. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, another way to use this is uh, you know, say you're trying to figure out how to sell the product that you're uh, that you're selling. So okay. uh, in this case, we're mm -hmm. doing an infusion teapot. So I put up a, a, an image and I said, if you were going to pitch someone to buy this glass infusion teapot, mm -hmm. what points would you emphasize? And I targeted tea drinkers. And so um, really open-ended, I just wanted to see what people were going to focus on. So uh, people said things like, oh, emphasize that it's easy to wash, the size, maybe mm -hmm. the elegant design. And so this, these are things that people, that uh, factors that are gravitating to tea drinkers, right? When they look at this mm -hmm. and that they think are important to emphasize. So I asked the AI, like, what are the most important selling points, the top five most important selling points? It Based on the results, it said one, transparency, two, design, three, quality, mm. functionality, and material. Yes. And it actually gives a, you know, actually wrote them out as bullet points. Mm. If you wanted to go and massage those, you could use, then use them on your, uh, on your listing. So this is an interesting yeah. way to kind of back into the content by just asking people because you want your product described the way that you know your consumers are thinking about it and are, are thinking about how That's to right. buy it so it's a really it's a really nice way to see the content when you know when you don't know where to start yeah very good and 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 this um ai um just for so for listeners and, and all that watching is this i guess included with any kind of poll that we do at the moment or it, yeah, uh, it's specific to specific polls. How is that working at the moment within people? Yeah, so right, so right now because it's new, it's just included with all the polls. So if you just go run a poll, all all the AI nice. summary and sentiment are included, and then you could do three, uh, three questions, um, prompt prompt based questions to the the results. Uh, we're still trying to test it out and see how people are using it. Are they finding value from it? And we're just continuing to iterate on the different uh, AI yeah. features. Good. Yeah. Uh, based from your data, I guess maybe it's limited at the moment, but what, what do you think, or maybe just from personal experience, uh, this is being used the most from specifically Amazon sellers, what do you think this AI uh, is being used the most at the moment? In terms? Because maybe the listeners and the ones watching say, okay, that's 
what I need to do first as an Amazon seller. So yeah. maybe you can give us some insights about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say most people, because most people are still doing images, right? So I think most people yeah. are using the AI to ask more specifically about a given option. So here I'm showing an example mm. of three different main images of a suitcase. It says, if you were shopping on Amazon, which product image appeals to you the most? Actually, this mm. is against UK nice. respondents. Um, and, um, you know, you'll see which one wins, right? In this case, option B wins and you could read through the responses, but sometimes it's just easier to ask, you know, um, you know, what, I see. what is it about option B or what should I, what can I still improve about option B, right? Because even though it won, we're always looking to do better. So yeah, you want to make it better. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, the AI said like, well, option B won, but here are a few comments <laughs> that mentioned, you know, things that you can improve. So like, that's awesome, right? Like we could then take this winner, make it even better. Um, so I, I would say that this is the most common way that we're seeing people use the AI, just kind of dig even deeper into specific options, or maybe one of the options was theirs and it lost. And so, so they're trying to understand like, okay, well, I know option A lost, but like, you know, like, how can I improve this or um, things like that? Awesome. Okay. Uh, one other uh, interesting uh, one yeah. I we did want to touch mm -hmm. uh, was pricing. Um, mm, very interesting. I know. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is a kind of a complicated question. And, uh, <laughs> um, but there's <laughs> this, there's this market research approach called the Van Westendorp pricing, uh, pricing test. And what it has okay. you do is asking, uh, normally if this is a four different fields and you, it, uh, you ask your, your respondents, um, what price is too low? a bargain too expensive and so high that it would be unreasonable. So kind of like trying to get you to theorize mm. like, you know, the different prices. And mm. so this is the question I asked, you know, for this teapot, please describe your thoughts around these different prices. And uh, so this is, you know, it, people give all kinds of different responses here. So uh, mm -hmm. people write like too low, $10 bargain 20. So like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work to, to, to then take all this data and uh, analyze it. And so what I did with the AI is I told it, I said, all right, I want you to use this model because it's a, it's a well-known um, pricing mm -hmm. test. So I said, analyze the open-ended responses to determine the four key thresholds of the Van Westendorp pricing model. Then based on the results, give me an optimal price. And so it told me all the buckets, too low, one to 12 for this teapot, way too low. Five mm -hmm. to 35 seems like a bargain. You know, 75 seems like it's too expensive. You know, up to 100 seems unreasonable. The optimal price point is around 20 to 25. 25. Um, mm. And actually, if you go look online, like that's, that is kind of like where the market is, is settling. So very interesting to, to do this if you're, you know, you're just starting out. You're not sure how you want to price it. Of course, you're going to look at your competition. But yeah. um, also interesting to see how people are thinking about it. Because you can then go back and look at the response and see why they're saying 100 might be too much. Or, or saying why yeah. you know, this feels like a bargain yeah. at a certain price. Yeah, and this one, to be honest, I, I feel is such an important uh, test to do, especially if you are the type of seller, which I bet you, you have met many of them, that they always say, oh, I'm going to be different because mine is going to be a premium product. It's going to be yeah. a, a deluxe and all that, right? And then yeah. you actually encounter that even your premium design, when you put the picture of the premium design, people is not willing to, pre to pay the premium. 
uh, it's actually a nice way, like just as you show in the screen for those listening, how even the product that looks premium as the picture you are showing, people is not willing to pay more than, as I can see, 2025. In fact, there's, it's saying that the upper limit is 39. So yeah. 13, 45, 50, that's it. You can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Good. Very good. Yeah. I think, I mean, to be honest, yes, I see this tool uh, being so useful. And going back to what I just mentioned before, I think you now combine the best of both worlds because before yeah. we have such an amazing amount of data from Pigfoot, but as you say, it was difficult if you did 200 requests to really digest mm -hmm. all that down. Now you on a single button, by putting a question, you have the summary and, and I think you have the, the best thing there, like real data combined with that with AI that summarize everything in a few seconds. So yeah, it's a game changer. So very good. <laughs> well done there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> awesome. So I think now, you know, to start concluding, I just want to use uh, the last minute or so, so you can tell us more about how people listening and watching can, can get started with Pigfoot. I know we have a, also a special promotion going on there. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about that so people can join, yeah? Yeah, sure. So you can go to pickfood.com and, and sign up for free. It's always free to create an account. Um, and then you could use the coupon code ecomc, just you know, mm -hmm. spelled out, uh, and it's 50% off your first poll. And so you can uh, give that a try. There's never any subscription needed. You can just pay as you go. Nice. We recognize people have different testing cadences in their, in their workflow. Um, and then if you ever need any help, definitely reach out on our live chat. We have a very supportive team uh, around the world and in multiple languages as well. Uh, we do have customers around the world, so we try to have as much coverage in, in terms of languages. Nice. And uh, as I mentioned before, we're constantly expanding our, our respondent base to have um, other countries as well. So if there's countries that we're not in yet, definitely reach out, let us know so we can prioritize it for the future. Awesome, Justin. Thank you very much. I'm going to make sure to put the coupon down in the description and also the link. And I can't wait to, to have you again in the future as you guys keep adding, you know, more features and, and amazing things to Pigfoot. Yeah. So it's yes. been a pleasure, Justin. Thank you. And I can't wait to actually meet you next month now in Vegas yes. for the, I think, Alibaba a Collaborate. I think it's called, I forgot the name now. And, and yeah, Amazon, yeah, yeah. Amazon Accelerate as well. So looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for having me. Have a nice one. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The E-Commerce Lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.